God, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you for meeting us here today, God. And, and we don't ask people to share things because, <laughs> because we want them to just bear their burdens. But, God, we ask them to share it so, so we can learn together. So we can know, God, that you said you're a body and you're supposed to be real about where you're at and and we don't want anyone to feel like they can't be so God that's why Shanity just bared her heart and that's why today God your presence has met us here God and your presence will allow others God freedom to discuss what they're going through God their hardships God the things that are deep in their heart God that they feel like no one else is going through but God I thank you that you said God that you came for us just the way we are you didn't come for for us all cleaned up and not experiencing trouble and, and fear and depression. God, you came for us just right where we are standing today. So today, I pray that this church, God, that these people, God, that they know that that's why we share. That, God, you're just standing there with open arms, but we just got to be real with you. So I thank you that you met us here today, God. I thank you that, that burdens are lifted today, God. And I just thank you so much for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Sorry, I'm still talking. <laughs> um, if you're a lady here, I want to invite you to our IF conference. Um, this is something that a lot of us have really grown to love. And um, about five years ago, Megan Frank, she, she heard about it, and she had a friend that told her about it. And um, the whole basis of this conference started with, if you believe God is real, then what are you going to do about it? Where are you at? And it's okay wherever you're at. To come, even if you don't believe God is real, still come. God will speak to you. And um, so we just want to personally invite you. Uh, Monique will be outside after church, and you can register there. It's just such a good time um, to get to know other ladies, to talk about what's going in your, on in your life, to be accountable um, to other people, and just to hear from God. So I think it's so important, especially as ladies, I'm not trying to say, guys, you don't do a lot, but as ladies, we run around with, like, chickens with our heads cut off, always taking care of everything, everybody, and this is just a time to just sit in God's presence and let him speak to you personally and, um, and corporately. So it's March 8th and 9th. It's a Friday night and a Saturday. We will feed you. Um, it's $35 for like three meals. You will have an amazing time. If something in your gut deep down tells you to come, just sign up so you can't go back on it. Just do it. Okay, we would love to have you guys there. And um, we're just gonna have the guys up come, come up for offering really quick. Thank you guys for always helping take up offering. And um, I've just been really enjoying John's uh, messages. <laughs> I know it's not easy for him to talk about money and giving 
And um, But I think it's something good for, we can all learn, right? We can always learn more. We can always learn how to give faithfully um, in our funds of ourselves. how to give a meal to someone that's in need. And so just think of it in that way. Like, God, how do you want to speak to me? this month on how I should learn to give better. So let's pray real quick. Dear God, we thank you so much just for meeting us here, God. Your presence is so sweet. And um, we just pray over the offering today. We pray over the word, God, that the words that you would have for John to say would come out. And we just thank you for our church. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man, isn't God good? Yeah. Give God praise for a moment. It's good. Yeah, if you're a guest, thank you for being here. Just uh, so glad you're here. Really, really glad you're here. Uh, we started groups last week, and we had a good time, a good showing, right? Yeah, if you're part of a group, yeah, thank you for going. And if you need to be in one, still be in one. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm just putting stress on Julie, but that's how it goes. There's also invite cards in front of your chair. Please grab one and invite someone next week. Make it, make it a prayerful invitation. Pray, God, who do you want me to give this to? Who do you want me to invite into this place and into my life? Don't only invite them to church. Invite them into your life. I think that's very, very important. So I'm going to be quick because today we're continuing the series, How to Be Rich. Say, How to Be Rich. Because the, my desire is for us to be rich in what matters most. And I think as humans, we're all driven by a pursuit of more, right? We are more, 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 bigger, better, greater. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's innately in us. But we need to direct what's in us to what matters most. Because we are all easily distracted, looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. So I'm going to pray and we're going to run into this, all right? Heavenly Father, speak to us today, reveal Jesus, his words, and speak to our life directly, Lord God. I believe you have words for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. So last week we talked about good news and bad news. And good news was, you're rich. That's right. Most of us in this room, if you make more than $33,000 a year, you are the top 1% of the world. Enjoy. You are rich. That's right. Many of us who make over $80,000 a year, you're part of the 0.1% in this world. We have access to rich people opportunities. Think about this. I was telling you last week, we have robots that wash our cars, so we don't need to wash them. When's the last time you washed your car? I was like, I don't even remember when a robot didn't wash my car, right? So we have these rich people opportunities. And many people around the world, over a billion people make less than $2 a day. Think about that for a moment. Drink that in and we're like, oh, that's them. No. What if God has placed us to be rich but in the way that matters most so that we can affect the, for the glory of God people's lives? What about, what about that? But here's the bad news. What's the bad news? You're rich. That's right. The bad news. That's the greatest spiritual disadvantage according to Jesus. It's harder for you to depend on God. Our wealth can distract us from what matters most, and we have a greater responsibility. Man, uh, Spider-Man's Uncle Ben was right. The greater the gift, right, the greater the responsibility we have. We do. We have a responsibility. So today, I believe much is required from us. And it's not my favorite topic to talk about, but I believe I need to be consistent. If Jesus talks about it, I need to speak about it as well. So today's message is called Inception. 
Inception, right? Do you guys remember this movie? It's old school. Some are like, what is that movie? Yeah, I know. I bet it's already 10 years old. Is it at least 10 years old? Probably, at least. It was one of my favorite movies starring my favorite person, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right, Leo, right? He was Luke in Growing Pains. You guys, that's old school right there. From the, it started in 85 with Alan Thicke and Kirk Cameron. You guys wouldn't remember that, but those were my good old days, right? And your older people are like, I remember that. I remember that, right, with Tracy Gold, right? But it was this, uh, this, show, uh, this movie, Inception, it's directed by Christopher Nolan, and it, and it was talking about what is reality, right? Dealing with our subconscious and our, uh, our dream state. And now in the movie, Leonardo, his, his, his role was that he, uh, he was a, a thief in a weird way. He would go into people's dreams and minds and steal intellectual property, steal the things that were going on. But this time, he's, he, gets, um, uh, he gets hired to actually plant an idea into someone's mind. And if you haven't watched this movie, this just sounds insane, all right? So he's planting an idea into people's minds and, and doing it so well that they actually believe it's their idea. Think about what I just said, an inception. And this made me wonder, what if there's an idea that has been buried and planted in our minds, and even though it's not true, we continue to pursue it to our detriment, an inception of deception, Something's in us that was planted in us, and I believe it started, it, it is the sinfulness in us, but it's not even true, but we live for it. And we might give our best to it. Something got locked in, and now we're lining our identity, our experience, our purpose, and our values to this inception. And here's this danger. We can spend our whole life seeking it to find out at the end, it's not it. It's not it. And so Jesus knew this, so he boldly spoke against it. So if you have your Bibles or Bible apps, please go to Matthew 6. All right, we celebrate the Word of God. We believe it reveals Jesus, and Jesus changes our lives. So here, this is Jesus' key thought right here. The world wants you to serve money. We have a culture, and they'll put it up there, that wants us to serve money. And money is not a good or bad thing. Money is like a neutral thing. But the love of money can be a trap for us. And our world serves money like a god, right? And if you don't believe me, just look around. Who do we celebrate and what do we celebrate? And, and if you guys were watching the Super Bowl, which was a bore fest, right? It was pretty boring. And I'm just glad Tom Brady won, right? No. No? <laughs> yeah, what? One person, they're like, right? Golf clap. But if I was watching the Super Bowl commercials, and, and, and I was, as you were watching, it's like, you have to buy an Amazon Echo. Your life would be so much better. If you drove an Audi, then you would smile driving down the road. Because they're always smiling driving. I'm like, look how happy they are, right? You will have great skin with Olay, right? Right? You must watch the Avengers. You've watched the rest of them. So watch this last one, right? And finally, drink Bud Light. They don't use corn syrup. I was like, what? what? I, I didn't understand that one. But they're saying, you will be happier if you do this. And they tell us without apology, right? That stuff is directly connected to my happiness. How long have we been told that, right? Just a little more, then you'll be special. You'll be secure. You'll no longer be single. People would finally recognize me. And we know people who have given up everything for the pursuit 
for the love of money, dividing families, hurting friends, abandoning their character for more and more. And listen up. This is what Jesus says. I'm going to read it through very quickly in Matthew 6, 19 to 24. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then he continues, the eye is the lamp of uh, of the body. So whatever your eye is focused on, it says, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is asking, what are you focused on? What are you looking at? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate, say hate, that's a strong word. He will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and money. Oof, that's a strong word, especially for us Americans. We're like, can we kind of serve money? And listen, 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 listen. No one's ever going to tell you this. No one's going to say, you know, you shouldn't serve money. They won't say it. Because we all kind of have this, oh, just a little bit more. No one's going to tell you this. But Jesus is telling you this because he knows that money, for most of us, money will be the number one competitor of our hearts. For most of us. Because money promises what only God provides. And what does it promise? It promises happiness, right? More of it. I'll be happy if you have enough money, then you'll be happy. Or if you, it promises security. If you have enough, you'll finally be secure. If I had a little bit more, then I will be fill in the blank. We've said this. we said it in our own way, right? Yet the warning is one day your desire for riches, and I'm going to be real strong here, will drive you to hate the things of God. It will. And it one day, it will even drive you to hate God himself. You will hate the one and love the other. That's not soft words, folks. That's not soft, right? And so this is what he says. This, Jesus is saying this is an inception, and Jesus is denouncing it. It's in you, but it's wrong. What if what you believe is wrong? What if what you're seeking is wrong? And so he says, don't lay up treasures on earth because it all fades. It all breaks. We say it's all future garage sale stuff. Right? I'm really into photography and cameras, as some of you guys know. And I love the greatest and latest. But one day, my greatest and latest is what something I can't even give away. Like, take this. They're like, digital. Who uses digital? That's lame, right? Whatever comes about. We have big screen TVs that are projector screens, right? And they're like huge, and we're trying to give it away, and no one takes it. We put it on our front porch, and no one even wants it. We put free. We say, we will pay you to take. We have to call someone to take our TV because no one wants it. That was, and back in the day, you paid four grand for that thing that you, want, that you are trying to give away now, and you're trying to fool someone. You're like, I have a good TV for you. You'll see. And they come over, they're like, you said it was a flat screen. No, you, no, I just told you it was a big screen. <laughs> you know? Because we know it all fades. It all fades. M money promises something, happiness, and you just need to, oh, I'm going to double down on this. But it's all future garage sale stuff. In the words of the prophet Jim Carrey, 
if you know Jim Carrey, he's a comedian, he says this, and I've quoted him before. I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. I was like, whoa, right? Money promises what only God provides. So double down on Jesus stuff. Double down on bringing heaven. Join in what Jesus cannot be taken from you. Where your treasure is, your heart, your focus, your hopes will be also. And that's what you'll serve. That's what we'll give our life to. Money, I'm going to say it again, money promises what only God can provide. Who can promise you peace like Jesus? Right? What Sean and he's talking about. We all battle. We like to judge one another easily. But they're battling a battle that if you were in their shoes, you would, you would not judge. You would be like, that's hard. That's difficult. It's easy to write a meme about something and say little, little, little stabs here and there. But we are all, we all face a battle. And so, I, man, we need the peace of Jesus, what God promises. But here's the tension. Most of us say, would say, John, I don't, I don't deal with serving. I don't serve money. I got this. I'm in control, right? But let me ask you a question. Here's some good questions for you. Have you ever cheated on your taxes? You're like, no, I don't, I don't even pay taxes, John. <laughs> no. Have you ever downloaded music or a movie that you did not pay for? This is me, right? Or have you ever told the lady at Korean barbecue that your 10-year-old was 8 to save $12? Right? That was me. I told you that. <laughs> right? Or you took a job you hated for a little bit more? Guessing, guess who you're serving? A little more. A little more. We serve money. And today, if there's one thing I want you and I to leave with is this thought. I will not trust in riches, but in God who richly provides. I will not trust in riches, but in God who richly provides. So we're attacking this inception. We're attacking the blind spots in our lives. And we're asking Jesus, and, and we're asking the Holy Spirit, renew our minds, God. And, and, and if you would drop your guard today and work with me, I believe you can find true contentment that comes only in Christ. True peace, true wholeness, and true purpose. Purpose. Because those are all things money cannot buy. So people, so write this down. People who love money, number one, never have enough, right? When's the last time you're like, this is enough, no more, boss. Please do not give me any more. That's enough, right? No, you're like, I think I deserve a little more, right? Just a little more. The target keeps on moving. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says this, whoever loves money never has enough. He's straight up. It's a counterfeit God. The more you serve it, the more you need it. And it doesn't matter what we have. John D. Rockefeller said this, and he was asked, how much money is enough? Money. And he replied, just a little bit more. I was like, isn't that the truth? He's honest, right? You always want more. Some of you don't believe me, but uh, five years ago, you make today double the amount you make five years ago. And are you content now? Right? Some of us, we were, we were like five years ago, I remember just like, just trying to scrape by, and now I'm pretty, you know, I have enough, but are we content now? Are we setting giving goals? Like, oh, man, now I need to give because God has blessed me. Or are we, are we still like, oh, I need a better, bigger whatever, right? Fill in the blank of whatever we serve. 
right? Still not content. We still need more because it's an inception. An inception is a belief that we think we need this, but it's not true. Number two, people who love and trust money, number two, find it increasingly difficult to give big. Find it increasingly difficult to give big big. And I know there's many of us out here who say, like, if I won the lotto, have you ever thought that thought, anyone? If I won the lotto, I would, whatever. You're like, uh, people say to me, if I won the lotto, I would do this and this and this. And I always think in my mind, I don't say it all the time. I say, do it now. Because wherever you are, you, we think we change because we get more. We don't. I am the same cranky Korean that I am. If, if God's not changing the inside of me, I will continue to live this cranky life. If I'm not calling myself out and serving and saying, man, I, at the Korean barbecue, I did this and this. Well, I treated Candace this and this way. If I'm not actually correcting my path, I will continue down the line. Because wherever you are, there you are. If you don't like where you are, if you go somewhere else, you're, it's going to just be like where you are. Because you're bringing yourself along. We think we can go to new places and become new people. You're not new people. You're the same person dealing with the same issues. We just can hide it better somewhere else until we're found out. Wherever you are, there you are. See, people find it increasingly difficult to give big. I believe many of you want to give big, but you feel like you can't afford it, right? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? I feel that way. If I feel that way, I, I believe you feel that way. There are many of us who would love to tithe. You really believe that tithing is right, that giving to God consistently a portion, the first of your whatever you produce is right, and you want to be generous with your life. You desire to join and impact the people of our city together as worship unto God, yet you grieve when you give. You're like, oh, oh, offering, what is that? Tithing, John, don't talk about it. That's so old school. I just want to ask, and... I need someone, and I'm going to keep this. I need someone to give me 300 bucks, right? Give me 300. Anyone? Just give me 300 bucks. I'm going to keep it, though. Don't, don't, don't think I'm going to. I'm going to keep it. You are not getting it back. It is my. It is mine now. It's in my wallet. It's gonna say. Do you, do you know why he's not grieved and he's smiling to give giving me three hundred bucks? Because I gave it to him before church. Right? It's my three hundred bucks. It's easy to give someone. It's when it's not yours. It's like here. He's not grieving. Right? Do you know why we grieve when we give? Because we think it's mine. We think everything that we have in our hands is mine. Mine, 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 mine. Do you know what I hate to hear from my kids? Mine. I hate it. Do you know why you hate it? Because nothing they have is theirs. You bought everything. You bought the diaper. You bought the food they stuff in their mouth. You bought them the iPhone that you shouldn't have bought them because they broke it, right? You bought them the clothes on their back. You bought them everything. And every time they say mine, you're like, oh, my gosh. 
It is not yours. It is not yours. That's, I bought it for you. I provided every chicken nugget, every toy you have. In the same way, everything we have is God's. Every talent, every opportunity, every job, every breath that we have. And when you truly get this truth, it's so freeing. And you're deeply grateful for everything in your hands because it's all his Trust in God equals joy. Trust in God equals joy. The more we have, the harder it is to give. And the studies prove this. Connecticut is the, is the richest state in, out of the 50, and they are the least givers. Mississippi is the poorest state out of the 50, and they give the most. Why? Because the more we have, the harder it is to release. The bigger the stack, the harder it is to give a percentage of that stack. We hold on tighter. We say, God, that's mine. Now listen, when Jesus went to the temple with his guys, the first thing he did, he started counting people's offerings. That's right. He's that crazy. He's sitting there. He's like 50. <laughs> then he looks, he's like, not enough. Or, oh, man. Then he sees this widow, and she gives two pennies. He's like, look, 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 guys. Look, 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 look. She gave more than anyone else today. When son gave their allotted amount, she gave it all. Listen, most of us believe generosity is good, yet what normally happens is we say, I'll be generous when. I'll be generous when we get that credit card paid down, when we get that raise, when we get that house, when I get the kids through college, when I get a little more. And that's true for everyone. It is. Yet the way for us to reverse that greed in us is to be generous now. The tithe is God's way to put God first. And it comes with a promise before you do anything God's saying is trust me. Put me first. I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, right? Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in the house. Test me in this. God's like, test me. Go, go for it says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there, will be, there won't be room enough in your st to store it. 2 Corinthians 9 eight, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, I love all those alls, you will abound in every good work. Think about that. In every good work so that you can do what God has sent you to do. He's going to fill it so you can pour out the way God wants you to pour out. Deuteronomy 15.10. You shall surely give to him and your heart shall not be grieved. See, Geo wasn't grieved when you give to him because this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and all to which you have put your hands. Philippians 4.19. And God will meet, will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Before you do anything, God is saying, trust me. It's never about our blessing. It's always about the glory of God and a life trusting in Jesus. So you don't give to be blessed. Listen, listen, listen. This is not prosperity gospel. This is you don't give to be blessed. We give because we are blessed. Understanding the greatest blessing is in Christ himself. In Jesus, we are loved by God, really loved. Saved by God. Made new, set free from our past. We are rich in Jesus. You are rich in Christ. Christians, I'm talking to Christians now. 
you got to believe me. You are rich in Christ. Your life it will be so rich if you would actually believe Jesus. You will be. He would fill your life with hope. How can you purchase hope? He would fill your life with peace. How can you purchase that? These are things that we are rich in Christ, that our world is crying out for, and we're trying to give them stuff when they need Jesus. Let us be rich in Christ and our goal is to be most like him. And God is generous. And when we don't see the true value of Jesus, we minimize God and exchange God for a counterfeit. You cannot serve God and money. Honestly, I'm sure I'm offending some. <laughs> but if I want to align with Jesus, I'm good. Because I care for your soul. I do. I have to deal with the number one competitor of your heart. And some of us are trading what matters most for more. And I'm going to be straight up. That was the sin of Judas. It was his greed that pulled him so far from Jesus. And he was with Jesus physically but he was blinded by his very greed. We think we can be stronger. We, oh, I'm better than this. I, I can control this. I'm telling you, we need the grace of God for every day. Instead, can we get our eyes on Jesus to light up our whole life, our whole body? Who, being rich, made himself poor, though he was most powerful, made himself weak. Though he was king, he made himself a servant to give his life for our life. God is not after our stuff. He's after your heart, your soul. Because at the end of the day, money promises what only God can provide. And you still don't believe me. Listen to this. More money is not going to keep your kids off drugs. More money is not going to make your marriage better, obviously, right? More money is not going to cure depression or give us purpose. We need Jesus and more of Jesus. And listen, people will never tell you that. They just won't. Our world will never say that because it sounds so upside down to culture. Yet, there was once a small band of believers 2,000 years ago, and history would say they flipped their world upside down. People even wrote about them, calling them crazy, not caring about their wealth or money, selling their possessions to take care of the poor. Why were they able to do that? Because they knew they were blessed in Christ, embracing the message of the gospel, the new life, with every spiritual blessing, they were full and able to give and live abundantly. Paul says, I read it last week, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hopes in wealth, which is so uncertain, but instead put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything we need and for our enjoyment. Let's pray. Let's pray. You guys, please stand. Man, just deal with your own heart right now. Just deal with your heart. Just, it's okay. Say, God, is there an inception, Lord God, in my life that I serve stuff? I serve greed, God. Is that me? Just ask yourself. I've been asking myself all week, actually all month, God, am I serving myself? Am I serving greed? Am I finding my identity in having more instead of having you? 
instead of having people in my life to love you, God, and to love others, Lord. And if that's you, I believe you need to repent. You need to turn from your ways. That's what repentance means. You need to go the other direction. If that's you, deal with the heart. Deal with your mind. Actually say something to yourself. Or we'll continue down this road. And at the end of life, we'll say, it's not it. God, I missed Some of us in this room, we are far from God. And maybe you don't know God at all. You don't know anything about Jesus. But you're in this room and you know that there's this, I call it the spirit of God. It's speaking to your heart and you need to get right with God. You've tried every other way of living and you know you need Jesus in your life. And if that's you and you want to start your journey and start pursuing God, just raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Anyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that went up, Lord God. I believe all of heaven is celebrating, just celebrating your act of obedience, your act of wanting to know more of God. And I pray that you can go to the back room and ask, what do I do next? And we have something in the Welcome Center for you. We want to talk to you. But Heavenly Father, I pray let today be a new day, Lord God, where we have turned from the way we were walking and we are turning to Jesus. That's what we're doing. And for the rest of us, God, who are Christians, who believe in you, I pray help us be rich in what matters most. Help us, God. We ask us tomorrow morning when we wake up, help us right after service. Let's buy someone lunch, God. Let us break the thing that grips our heart, Lord God, what brings us fear. And let's trust in God most. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you guys for being here. Get to know someone. Take someone to lunch.